was watching a horror film uh, the other week. Mm. And I've been thinking about this for a while. It's a, it was a film called Ponty Paul. And sounds weird. And I want to give this film a bit of a shout out because uh, very underrated, really good. Um, what the film's about doesn't have anything to do with uh, what I'm getting to. But <laughs> the, th- the thing is, in the movie, is that it's based on a radio station. And the bloke who's like, like the, the lead character in it, he's like a radio host. Like, yep. Talk radio, very much like what we do. Very discussional sort of stuff. And he asks the question, at what point do you call the police? And this is for like his viewers to like come in with their answers or whatever. But that did get me thinking because do you remember, well you'll remember, you told me about it. But we uh, talked about it some weeks back and it was a night when you were in your caravan and you thought someone was trying to break in so you armed yourself with a crossfire. Yeah. Yeah, and I started thinking about that sort of um, situation and I thought, at what point would Ad have called the police? So I sort of also added like another half to the question. So for me, I suppose it would be, at what point do you call the police and how far are you willing to go until you get to that point where you say, fuck it, I've got to get the authorities involved? Yes, it's a good question. Yeah. I, I, suppose it, I suppose it relates to lots of different factors as well. It depends, obviously, what you know in what circumstance you're talking. Mm. Like you talk, if, you know, you're talking about like home invasion. Like if someone tried to bust into your house, would you call the police, or would you be going downstairs, you know, arming yourself? And yeah. But then, if you saw fucking two Land Rovers of cars pull up, and there's fucking eight geezers, massive fucking inch blokes surrounding your house, not actually busting in your door yet, and they're just shouting at you. You know, get the fuck down here now. You know, you might then think, right, I'm probably not going to go out there. <laughs> These fucking mm. mobsters out there, I might just fucking, I might call the old bit. I don't know, man. It's, it's. I, I think it, it could be very circumstantial. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Because yeah, like in in respects of like someone breaking into my house, I'm probably going to be the last person to call the police. If it's a single person, you know, I, I think. You know, what happens, happens at the end of the day. If you're fucking stupid enough to break into someone's house. But, mm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, what's your, yeah. what's your views on that? Well, it takes me back to a night earlier this year when my brother and sister-in-law came down with my nephew, whom I went on holiday with. Mm. And... um there was this one particular Friday night. Um, nephew was upstairs, fast asleep in the old um, spare bedroom, which is now the office. Mm. But he's asleep in there on the uh, mattress on the floor for him. And about one in the morning, someone knocks on our front door. Now, that doesn't happen around here. Nah. So straight away, I'm down those stairs, not even thinking. Like This is like where like, your primal brain kicks in. It's like, oh, here we go. It's on. Some, you know, the dinosaurs trying to get in the cave. Mm. You know, they're, they're coming to take the castle. So I get to the door and I listen out and I think, now, was it the wind perhaps catching the door handle? So I stood there for a bit and waited. Then it knocked again <sighs> and my brother's dog Lola started barking. 
And I was like, right, here we go. And I went, who is it? And she goes, oh, is that you, Teresa? And I was like, no, it's not. And she goes, who is it? I was like, not Teresa. <laughs> and she was like, is Teresa there? I was like, no, no one here is called Teresa. And she was like, oh, all right, sorry. And that was the end of it, sort of. Now, if it was just any other time and I was in the house of my own, or like, you know, my mum and stepdad were in bed or whatever, and I was just out doing my thing, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But because my mm. nephew was in the house, suddenly everything, like my, like Neanderthal genes came through, and it was like, oh, <laughs> there we go, protect the baby. So I went upstairs and went into the spare bedroom, as you, as you know, looks over the road outside. Yep. And I saw this woman standing on the pavement outside our fence by the um, front garden. Yeah. And I just stood there at the window just watching. Like, my nephew's asleep a few feet away from me, and I'm just staring out this window. And I'm the, I'm the least confrontational person I know. I don't do well in those sorts of things, particularly where there's, like, physical confrontations involved. It's not really my bag. It never has been. But for some reason, up in that sort of primal state, I just look at this woman outside who was like talking on her phone, and I thought, if I see a car pull up and someone gets out and she's like starts pointing to my house or something, and they both start coming down the, the pathway, I thought I'm I'm going straight into my room, grabbing my machete, going downstairs, and I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> And there was no reasonable part of my brain that was going, now, come on, think about, you know, the authorities and the police and prison and things like that. No, 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 no. My brain was saying they're intruders. They want to hurt the baby. You need to kill these intruders. But then a couple of minutes later, car pulls up. Oh, um, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, it's go time. It's go time. Someone's going to die. And then the door opens, she gets in, and they drive off. And then, of course... After that, you take a breath and your brain goes, it's a Friday night. You, you're not far from the high street. People get the wrong house all the time. And Aaron, how many times have you knocked on the wrong fucking door when you've been pissed up? <laughs> many a time. The, the car pulled up and got them very quickly, so they're obviously nearby. I mean, what they couldn't walk is fucking beyond me, lazy bastards. But I don't judge. And, you know, it's bound to happen. You know, but... but in that state, it was just like, no, 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 protect the family. You know, it was just, it was very surreal. And I've, I've not felt like that before. I mean, there's been times when I've heard something downstairs and I've come running down with like fucking, like gripping a mag light or something. But mm. this was the, this was the first time that it was like really over bubbling, like fucking, this could be life or death. And I was, my brain was just totally ready for it. And my body was like, come on, it's fucking go time. And I've never felt that way before, ever. Fuck. Hell. It, it was very, very extreme. And I was afterwards, I was just like, fuck. That's what, like, how the parents feel. That's what made it make me uh, sort of think about was some of those ones that you hear about things like, these women who, like, tear car doors off with their bare hands to get yeah. their kids out of burning cars and stuff. It makes you just think of all that sort of things. It's like, oh, mate. It's like raw fucking primal instinct just bubbling out through your belly. <laughs> it's mental. But like, like you would have been in your house that night, you know? Yeah. 
you heard something, you grabbed the crossbow, and you was like, you know, I'm sure in your mind it, it would have been, if someone comes in here, they get a fucking bolt in the neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it does seem extreme. Like you say, when you say uh, when you say it back, it's like, really? And it sounds kind of like an over-exaggerated story, didn't mm. it? Like, oh, you know, I was sitting there and I picked the crossbow up and I'm going to shoot someone. No, literally, I had absolutely zero zero thought process in that bolt was going in that rail and that crossbow was already fucking loaded because it always is um, cocked. And I put it in there and walked to the door, just in case. There was not a question in my mind that, Adam, you might actually fucking shoot someone. Yeah, that's the idea. You know, that's the part of your mm. brain going, you know, any kind of half-rational thought you might have had gets washed away because you, you're in the zone. You don't have a rational brain. Mm. You're like, I'm, I'm, I've got a job to do. You know? There's a brain comes through. Yeah, it does. And it's it's like, you know, I, I, I do my best to protect Nick and Alf, and my family, mm. my friends, and when I've been in the club uh, in in really really silly stupid situations you, you you have the same thing again and it is fucking addictive it's it's a great feeling you know like the feeling you've just described is oh yeah I, you get a huge adrenaline rush from it yeah I, do, I can think of many times where i've been in situations like that and there's like police armed police pointing guns at you and it's just fucking just excellent you're like fucking hell but it's another thing as well, like the come down is worse than coming off like drugs as well, I think, because you're like, shit, that's a bit, because it fucks you yeah, up so differently, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, because you spent that much time not being rational. The rational part of your brain goes into overtime and it just ends up breaking down every little, it doesn't focus on like, good for you, you were protecting the family or you were no, looking no. after your friends. Well done, you know. You're, you're a little hero. No, it's it's there going, what were you fucking thinking? What about you if you grabbed the machete? Idiot. What about if you fell on your nephew? What about if you tripped over the dog? What about if you killed the dog? What about if it was your mum outside trying to get in and you stabbed her? What about if it, and then the anxiety yeah. comes in, because that's what I used to have. My brain used to go into overdrive. I think, fucking hell, I could have just done a prison sentence for that. I could have just yeah. done seven years in prison. <laughs> you know, yeah, fucking. 100%. It, but that is the way it sort of flows, and it's just... I think it's the same part of your brain, if I remember rightly, that also, like, you know when you get, like, paralytically pissed and, like, you black out and the next day you're like, fuck me, how do I get home? It's that same part of the brain. Yeah. Like, even, it's, it's that bit that goes over and, like, takes care of you and looks after you when you're in a vulnerable state. It's that same bit that, like, keeps its eye, like, keeps an ear out when you're asleep, when, it, when you hear a noise. It's that part of the brain that goes, boom, wake up, it's go time. Yeah. And you, like, and you know it's the same thing because you're like can barely string a sentence together and your body's like we will get you back to where you're safe and it just guides you home and you just walk like a fucking zombie because you're because you, well, you're basically a fucking puppet to this fungus that's growing in your brain that is you and it then sends you home and you just and, and oh mate but isn't that just a testament to how incredible the fucking human condition can be mm, absolutely I mean, it's not without its fucking faults, but when you look at the stuff that works, it fucking works. I mean, who put the brain on that little thin neck? You know, yeah. that's, a, that's a design flaw, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Necks ain't no good, come on. And it's like, should be embedded in our shoulders. Yeah, and this, and this bone helmet thing we've got going on, mm. that thing's fragile as fuck. Yeah, should have done something different there. Yeah, I mean, look at all these concussions. They say, oh, yeah, they've got... A, like, you're going out on a bike or something, and you know how important this is on road safety, and you, you wear a helmet. Yep. 
Well, surely, going by evolution, I don't need to wear a helmet. That's why I have a skull. <laughs> but no. The helmet they give you, like the natural helmet, is crap. <laughs> so you have to buy an extra helmet to put over your crap helmet. I think it's one of the things in evolution that we've never really had to face coming to sudden stops in evolution. Particularly like, at 70 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, you know, lo- lots of people when they run through forests and stuff, they, you know, they're, they're good with their dexterity and their legs are good and it can yeah. make them move out of the way of a tree. Most people running at, say, 15 miles an hour usually don't hit a tree. And our body's probably quite well equipped to run into a tree and not die. Mm. It's just, we, we just make really cool things that go really yeah, fast. Yeah, we do, we do abuse our, uh, the, the stage of evolution, we do. But at the same time, angry birds, man. Yeah, come on, catch up. That's it. Oh, I do think about this stuff, though, man. And I was sitting there last night, and I was just fucking... My brain was going like a thousand miles an hour. Awesome. You know when you just have one of those nights where, like... Because most of the time, I'm just, like, vegging out, you know. I just sit down, I do my thing. I, you know, I keep my, my brain busy. I like mm-hmm. doing stuff like that, you know. I'm constantly writing, drawing, and fucking everything else that I like doing. But when I sometimes just think to myself, I don't really feel like going 100 miles an hour today, so I'm just going to fucking sit down, have a chilled one, and just binge stuff on telly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Box sets on the old streaming services, they're always fun. But I was sat there last night just watching my programme, and I can't remember what it was they said exactly, but it triggered a little thought in my head, and I suddenly paused it, and I was like, hold on a minute, let me think about this. And for about 15 minutes, I was just sat there in just sheer silence, doing nothing but just thinking really intently on, like, evolution. And just thinking about how far back it goes, how small it goes, how these other examples are in the and mate, it was it was like a deep state of meditation. And afterwards yeah. yeah. And afterwards my brain just felt so fucking fresh, like almost as though I just had like an espresso or something. Awesome. And I was just like, Oh man. And I thought sometimes you just need to like basically talk bollocks with yourself for a little bit. Mm. Like on the inside, you know what I mean. Just have a clear out. Like, what, what are we having here? Let's go through. Like, like when you stuff. go, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like when you go through old photo albums, you're like, oh, we don't need those in there anymore. We don't talk to these fucking people. Get rid of them. But we could put those in there. And, oh, those go together. I didn't remember. I didn't, you know, I didn't remember this bit. And before you know, it's all going into an order, and you're like, fucking hell, it's all so clear. And I feel. I think sometimes that's what it's all about. And I didn't mean to meditate, but I think that's what happened. Well, that's good, though, man. That, mm. sounds like a, that sounds like a good thing, you know, to find. Oh, especially finding it yourself. You know, it's finding it yourself without going online and trying to meditate and stuff. Because that, that, I think sometimes when you do, not that you, you're doing it, but when people try and do self-help and stuff like that. Some it, people it becomes, force it. Yeah, very forced, and mm. I think it's it's a bit like it should. It's like no no disrespect to anyone, but it's like with crystals and all that sort of shit. I mean, yeah, shit is in, shit. Like, yeah, like, yeah, no yeah. disrespect, but if, if if healing crystals worked, hospitals would have crystallology departments. That's all I'm saying. Well, what I'm saying is people force an idea to crystallology. <laughs> Well, what, what the point I was trying to make is people um, 
end up forcing claims upon themselves because of what they want to believe. Yes. You know, like with crystal stuff, you know, like, you know, oh, I believe in crystals, crystals are good, so I'll get this crystal for this, this crystal for that, and it's like, uh, it's like meditation, it's like, oh, you've got to do it like this, you've got to do it like that, but you just said, you meditated in your own way. You had a mental yeah. thing, well. And I think... Excuse me. What's wrong? But what's wrong? Are you wrong? Because you didn't do that. Ah, exactly. And I, I always say, like, you know, because... Clearly, with meditation, it is a matter of the mind. Mm. So, like anything, like if, let's say, you know, you're not in the mood to play guitar, but you kind of have, you think, oh, best do because I've got like a gig coming up or something. You pick it up, you start playing, because you're not in the right frame of mind, you're just not playing properly, and then you get pissed off, and then you get, you play worse. I think if you're trying to meditate, and you're not in the right frame of mind for it, but you're and you're there sitting in your fucking pretentious Buddha position with sitar music playing, going, oh, but Russell Brand meditates every day, so I have to. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. it's not going to work. You're not. But I think where I was, I wasn't even trying, and it happened. Either that, or I'm just really fucking great at meditating. <laughs> I, I wasn't even trying, mate, and I fucking had a an enlightenment. Just slipped in. <laughs> yeah. An epiphany just fucking slipped into it. Yeah. Just like that, I just sat down and was like, let's do this. Isn't that the truer sense of what spirituality is, though? You know, just being at one with yourself. So, you yeah. know, that, that to me, so, you know, what you've literally just said to me sounds like where people should be. That they, you know, I don't need to meditate every day. I'm just going to meditate when I need to or, or do whatever practice you need to when you need to. Yeah, than, and I'll tell you what, like you say, like you, you take a stock check and, mate, the amount of stuff I just like, you just throw out, and it literally is like just having a huge clearer, and then it's like having like a decluttering, mm. and all this bullshit I was worried about, and just I won't go into any of it, but it's just like little annoying things, then little things that just nick at the back of your your mind every day, and you're just like, oh god, can really do without that little bit of negativity there. Mm. After that, I was just suddenly like, yeah, it's so insignificant. Fuck it. Push it away. Fuck off. Who cares? <laughs> and then afterwards, trying to look at every point that that little nicking fucking nitpicky thought had, trying to justify all the pot- negativity from it, I was like, it didn't even make any sense. Why the fuck was that one of my worries? Yeah. There is no logical reason for why that should have been worrying me. What the fuck is this? It's... It's funny you say that because I've had the same type of thing this week as well, um, in, in a slightly different way, but in the same kind of mentally, clari- in the mental clarification type way. Mm. Um, you know, not to go too personal and stuff, but obviously, once upon a time, I used to have a dog uh, called Ollie, who you know about. You know, you, I, I was actually, thinking about Ollie the other day, funnily enough. Yeah, and I loved Ollie to bits. Uh, just so everyone is aware, because obviously I know we chat like it's our conversation. But Ollie was a greyhound of mine. My mum and dad got a greyhound, um, and he was the soppiest fucking thing you could ever imagine. I was petrified of dogs as a kid, big black dogs especially. Um, and Ollie being a big black greyhound was, you know, the scariest thing in the world I could imagine. But this dog was awesome. He was so cool, um, mm. and everyone who met him loved him. Um, I remember was... one specific time I was sat cross-legged in your front room with one one leg over the other, like I do. Yeah. Quite femininely, but I don't give a shit. And then Ollie came over. Aww. He rested his head on the crook of my foot, so between my shin and foot, so on that sort of joint there where it sort of curved off. Mm. And though he was still stood up on all four legs, he just rested his head on my ankle and fell asleep. Oh, 
And he was just stood yeah. there, and I was like, Ad, your dog is asleep. <laughs> stood up. Yeah. Whilst, and he's not even comfortably resting his head. He has to lean forward yeah. to rest his head on the nook <laughs> of my foot. There is no way this dog is comfortable, and he's fast to fucking sleep. We're, we're just there watching, watching the chase. That's it. And there yeah, he was. Right. Yeah, we had Kazza on the other sofa. Because this was just, this was not long after your, um, not divorce, sorry, when you first That's right, yeah, out. when we first met. Yeah. It, it really wasn't long after that. In fact, it was the day of our return, our comeback gig. I was around yours earlier that day, and we was watching the chase before we left. And that's when Ollie just whacked his uh, yeah. head on my foot and was like, oh, I'll just sleep here. And it's like, well, he's doing it. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> and that's what, that's what he did. He, he did silly things like that. Yeah, he was a and, character. Uh, yeah, and, and the thing is, like, I loved him because he did all them sort of silly little things and he really did help me through that real shit time of splitting, yeah. up, with my, splitting up with my wife, uh, you know, going through all that sort of bollocks and she was an absolute arsehole in some respects. I, I, can't, I won't go into it too much because I know her relatives actually listen to this podcast. Three of them actually do, so I'm definitely not going to do that. Um, but, yeah, sticking to the point of Ollie, so... Um, you know, I loved him to bits, and unfortunately, his death was a bit shockingly quick. He had he pulled his he pulled his leg getting into a car. Um, they took him to the vets, and then the vets found out, oh yeah, his tendon snapped because at the top of the tendon base it was actually cancerous, and the cancer ate, ate into his tendon. And basically, all he did was just you know, like sometimes you get up and sometimes you twist your knee. Mm. That's what he did. He basically twisted his knee, but it snapped his tendon off completely. Um, dad got the call. Dad had to fucking. Well, they said, basically said, look, you know, we can take his leg off or put him down. And dad had to make that call, which I know broke my dad to fucking pieces. And oh, yeah. I, still, I still remember to that day, my mum rung me. Uh, I was in Asda and my mum rung me on the phone. But I, I, got, I, I missed the call because I got a voicemail. And uh, she was just like very sullen and went, hello, Adam, can you give me a call back when, you, when you're free? I said to um, Nick, I went, oh, here we go. I said, what's she want? Picked it up. Mum went, Adam. And she paused. And she went, it's Ollie. And I literally threw my phone across the car. Glasses come off. And I bawled my fucking eyes out for fucking an hour until Nick took me to Mum's house. And I won't lie. You know, this is only three, four years ago. I bawled my eyes out to my mum and dad. And everyone's crying. And we're not like that as a family. My dad certainly is not a crier Mm. at all. And it fucking broke my heart. And the p- point of the story I'm getting to is uh, just it's just trying to give an idea how how, uh, how it affected me. Every time I fucking thought of Ollie, I'd well up. Every time I spoke about him, I could literally say a good thing about him, and I'd get welled up about it because I always associated anything to do with him as the worst part that I could. And um, yeah, and it just used to fuck me up every single fucking time until this week. Funny enough, I was on a, uh, a chat with one of our funny friends over at the place we don't talk about because <laughs> people think I'm in a fucking cult. And um, I was talking to one of the guys there, and he said about losses and can you get over them. It was like a, it was not a lecture; it was more of a, just a discussion type thing. Mm. And I was like, oh, here we go. And they said, you know, think about a time, blah blah blah. And they say, imagine your life as a timeline, like a film or like separate episodes and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, yeah. And he's like, so I think of a point of pain. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, when Ollie died. And he said, think of a point before that. And I'm thinking like, like of a point weeks before that. And he's like, no, 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 think of a point just before that pain. 
how do you feel then? Yep. Fever point just after that. Yep. And he said, if you think of these as episodes, and this is, this is what really got to me, it might not get anyone else at all, but for some reason it stuck with me. And he said, if you think of all these episodes um, as actual episodes of a TV program, the easiest way to not feel sad about it is to not watch the episode. So don't think about it over and over again. Don't think about that episode. It's the same as the Futurama episode. That's the easiest way of putting it to oh, everyone else. See what I was just thinking about. Yeah, you can enjoy every episode of Futurama. And if you don't want to fucking cry, don't watch that episode on the dog. Then you just skim over it and you love Futurama. And it's the same yeah. with me. Now I can sit and talk about Ollie, talk about him being cheeky, chappy, all of that. And I get right to the episode before he died. Then that's it. I don't talk about it. Then I talk about me reminiscing about him. Ah, oh, my dog, I love him to bits. And just that tiny little thought process that he gave me was like, shit, that's actually really fucking helpful. And he said, yeah. like a film, if you know a film's going to upset you, don't watch the film. Or pause it. Or skip it. You know, then yeah. you can still enjoy the film. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was, just my, that was my mental clarity for the weekend, for the week. And I thought, but it's good when yeah. stuff like that is explained in that way. Mm. Because I, I never looked at it like that, and it makes total sense. Yeah, you know, but um, I totally get it because it's like I said to you a minute ago, like, oh, I thought of it the other day. But every time I see a greyhound, yeah, I look at it and I go, oh, it's an Ollie. Yeah, every single time, you know what I mean. And bef- and before Ollie, it would have been, oh, it's a Winston. That's it, yeah. You, you know, and because yeah. that's, that's how I do it. It's like with um little Yorkshire terriers. I look at them. Oh, it's a Rosie because mm. of um my auntie uh, Julie had a dog called Rosie, lovely little thing. I see um a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. It's a Jenny Penny, oh, and, and we remember Jenny. I mean, my little Jenny again, like just like Ollie, was the sweetest thing ever, and I was fucking devastated when she died. Oh. I mean, fucking, and but it's like with um. What's funny, in a way, is that... <laughs> what's funny? My nan died. But, uh, what's funny is that my nan died, and obviously I was fucking distraught. Me and my nan were very close. Yeah, sure you were, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, um, you know, I was devastated by it. But, mate, when Jenny died... Oh, mate, I thought someone tore the fucking heart out of my chest and smashed it. Mm. I was fucking broken. But speaking of my nan, and just to cheer this up, fuck it up. This is the sort of woman my nan was. <laughs> hey, you, are you going to tell it? I've got a couple then. I can oh, tell good. that one. Yeah, no, 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 you tell me. But where my nan used to live was, um, we'll call it a rough suburban area. And uh, down the road from her used to live a drug dealer. Now, they, they normally like get themselves to themselves, so it was all good, no one really worried or anything. But sometimes stuff would go down. And there was a, I remember I was around there once, and I must have been, I don't know, maybe 12, 13, perhaps. Maybe a little bit older, I don't know. And next door was. Um, We'll call her Tracy. Tracy comes round. She knocks on the door. My nan goes out there. And Tracy's going, oh, God, they're back again. And so my nan and Tracy are out there because they're like best mates. 
and they're up there on the front lawn, and I'm going out there, I think, oh, God, what's going on now? Thinking. So I go out there, and I'm looking up, and they're going, oh, look at it, it's all criminal, look. And at the top of the road, on like this opposite sort of cul-de-sac on the other end of the, their sort of cul-de-sac, like the opposite facing one, there's a couple of police vans, some cars, um, there's a, some other miscellaneous vans. He's get, this bloke's been taken out of the, uh, the house, and these people are just loading fucking bags of drugs out of the house and all this lot, and it's like, you know, it's, it's going down. Mm. And they're looking up there, they're going, oh, look at all that lot, look, oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they, they did the same thing last week. They take him away. They bring him back. They'll be back again next week, just like they are this week. That's all that ever happens. Oh, what about the poor family, do you reckon? Yeah, there's kids in that house, you know. One of them goes to school with, with my little one. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all this stuff. And then my nan will look over, like over the threshold towards the surrounding houses, and then she'll nudge old Tracy and go, yeah, look at this. And she look at the windows, and it's like people looking out of their their window, seeing what's going on. And she's like, "They want to mind their own bloody business, don't I?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they'll just they'll just sit there for like two minutes talking about how they've got some sort of moral eye ground because they respect other people's privacy, and all these like all a bunch of nose ointments, and stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> all right. She had the phone voice as well. Oh, really? Yeah, old Nan did. Yeah, old Nanny Joyce. Yeah, she, she'd do a phone call if, like, if like Neighbours was on or something. She'd be like, oh, who the fucking hell was this? You know, that bloke in um, uh, Wolf, Wolf, Wolf Street. Street. Yeah, she'd be like that. She'd this fucking time of night. Oh, I pick it up. Hello. <laughs> 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 it's, it's just like, oh, fucking hell, Nan, really? So whenever I watch that film, I always think of her because it used to like oh no, I used to piss myself every time. <laughs> yeah, she, she was a fucking good character. Actually, she was a nice lady. Yeah, you had it coming, mate. As yeah, my, as my keeper. Well, just 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 to give some context to this uh, incredible story, uh, me and Aaron played a show one day um, in the band we was in um, uh, at a small club. I think it was just hot. It was hot, wasn't it? It wasn't like it wasn't it bougie was or hot. It was in. It was summertime. There was stage lights. It, we'd been there all day. We'd oh, that's it. Yeah, helping yeah. out and who knows what else. It had just been very long. We'd barely eaten. Because yeah, it was a kind of closed community, wasn't it? The yeah. the circle we run in, especially in this venue in particular. I won't mention it because I don't want to give anyone any credit who don't deserve it anymore. But you know, the venue at the time it, it was it was one we all all of the participants and all of the people coming in all helped each other out. You know, everyone was like, you know, look, do your bit for it, blah blah blah. So we we helped out a lot with lots of stuff that day. Um, we had some guys down from Manchester as well. We had some we had loads of stuff going on. That, mm. that day, wasn't it? And there were two stages, weren't there? So there was yeah. constantly shifts being made, and we was so every twenty fifteen minutes we'd be in there helping up moving shit, and you know, drinking it's, as well because we've got to drink. We've, that's, we're being paid in beer, so we've got that going on too. But then you get the whole fucking, can I borrow? Can I borrow your cab? Can I borrow your head? Can I borrow this? Can I borrow that? Oh, okay, that's fine. But then it'll be. Can my drummer borrow this? Well, we don't have a drummer. Yeah, I know, but can you help us move a drum kit? Ah, oh, okay. So me and Aaron end up being fucking skivvies, pissed up skivvies for free. So you don't mind. And then yeah, we, we <laughs> this, were getting paid in beer. We were happy with it. We played relatively late 
um, that mm. night, I think. I don't know if it was headline or if it yeah. was not far think, off. Yeah, we were sort of... Not hey, it was, it was the cancelled day. When, did we not headline the cancelled day? I'm no, thinking there, who... There, there, there was another band on Shadow after Aspect. Us. Shadow yeah. Aspect was on after us. Yeah, something like that. But I, I yeah, can't yeah. remember, but I know we was out... We didn't go on until, like, ten. Mm. It was going to end up being a really fucking late one, wasn't it? Yeah, cause I, yeah, that's right, because two of the bands that were supposed to... The two headliners came earlier and had to play earlier so they could leave because uh, they were playing, like, a bigger show the next night and they would have to drive all through the night because it was, like, quite far away or something. Ah, Denounce. Denounce played before us because they yes. were saying that they had to go and do something else because... The person from Manchester, who I won't mention because I think he's a cunt now, said, um, uh, oh, th- these are trying to be in the UK DM scene, these are trying to be in the UK DM scene, but they sound like shit. And I remember being in the toilets with him, and he's like, these are shit. And uh, so, yeah, I remember us going on, so long, long before we mm. ran about everything else. So, long story short, we ended up going on really fucking late, really worn out, really tired. The lights are on, yeah, and this, the, bear in, when we say stage lights, we mean the proper big stage lights, and they're probably two or three yeah, foot away Vic, from you. Because uh, Vic was working that night, so it, the Vic rig was out, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, the pro- the proper professional sound rig. Yeah, that can Fest- do, like, f- festival set up. Yeah, festival set up in a, you know, largest pub, really, yeah. is the way, you know, it's not really, it was well over the top. So, yeah, anyway, long, long story short, we start playing Happy Days, and I think we had Chaney as a guest drummer um, come on yes. stage, didn't he? Because uh, we got on, Chaney. yeah, good good lad. And uh, we, we used to we used to swap, and you know, I did vocals for Avenged Thee once, and you know, everyone did vocals for Avenged Thee, and you know, everyone's mm. kind of mixed and matched in certain points of each other's show. And we, I think, a couple of weeks before, had a couple of other drummers guest for us, um, mm. and we was like, fuck it, you, you do you know what, you want to fucking come on and guest come on and guest and what that means to everyone else is they will come up and drum and I would just make up some random guitar riffs and Aaron would just scream over the top of them and everyone loved it that was as simple as it is um, yeah. but, but this we were a grindcore band what do you expect we did, yeah, we did, we did some of shit like that because it's all part of the parcel isn't it really that's what yeah. happens and so Aaron's screaming away uh, as he does I'm chugging away on the guitar and all of a sudden Aaron hits the deck and everyone starts laughing and cheering because it's Aaron being silly Aaron. You know, it's mm. Aaron being Aaron. Until it was only the person from Manchester, I think it might be Lee, the good one from Manchester, who actually came over and was like, uh, he, he literally passed out, guys. Yeah, he's not moving. Yeah, he's, he literally collapsed on the fucking floor. Um, at which point, me and Chaney still chugged a few more, you know, riffs. And kind oh, of you've got to get a few bars in. You've got to yeah. finish the fucking performance. The fat lady ain't yeah. sang yet. I'm still alive. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I've, I've collapsed. You and Chaney haven't. No, that's it. Yes, yeah, so the, yeah, <laughs> the show goes on. Yeah, so, Aaron gets an excuse to not participate. <laughs> so we called it a day after that song. Um, yeah, happy days. That's kind of what I thought it was. And I used to work at a little shop, um, Iceland, in, in a very small town where Aaron lives. And uh, Not there anymore, though, is it? No, it's not there anymore. They fuck, well, not anymore. Of course not. Oh. And uh, so I'm sitting there at work. Um, I'm on the till, I think. I think I was on the till. And your nan come in with Sharon, I believe. Uh, um, good old Sharon. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're right. You're right. 
And I think I got up to do something. And all of a sudden, she's fucking hit me with this walking stick. And I was like, what's that for? She's got a running start and she's baseball swung it straight at your jaw. (laughs) Cracked a load of your fucking teeth across the fucking aisle. To be fair, for the shock factor, it could have been. Because I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, what's that for? And she went, you, you didn't look after my boy. Sorry? What, What was that? He passed out, or he collapsed, or something, as she said. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think it's because he didn't have enough water. Yeah, he's exhaustion. <laughs> yeah, he's exhaustion. And I was like, I think he just, you know, didn't have enough water. Oh, you know, he collapsed, he's exhaustion. And she's like, I don't care, I don't want to hear excuses. You're there to look after him. And I was like, what the fuck? He's a grown man. He can look after himself. No, Nanny Joyce didn't think that at all. Oh! <gasps> she absolutely thought I was responsible for that, because I should have been there looking after you. Because I was there. As you should have been. Yeah. So, mm. Yeah, so if you upset Aaron's nan, she, she would have fucking hit you. With a oh, she would have come up to you and poked you with a good one. Ooh. Oh, but nans are funny, aren't they? It's like we always used to say, though, and we still say it. You know you're in trouble with an old person when they call you a sod or a cow. Oh, fucking hell. Look, do you remember when we were watching Golden Balls? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Was it Golden Balls, that one? It was, was it? Golden Balls, yeah. Yeah, where they do the um, thing at the end, didn't it? It's, um, what is it? Split the money or steal. Split or steal. Split or steal, that's it. Yeah, that was it. And that bird was like, oh, yeah, I would have split it with you. She was like, oh, me as well. Oh, yeah, northern ladies, you don't yeah. want to piss them off, mate. You don't want to get on there. We'll wrong, share mate. the money. We'll share the money, love. We'll share the money. That's, that's it. That's and then she be. fucking... Yeah, they, then they Stole did it. it. Stole it and as it opened it, you just saw her go, Oh, what a cow! And he was like, Oh, oh, oh she meant that, and all <laughs> she, yeah. she straight up meant that. And you could see to the other girl's credit, you could see her face straight away. She was like, I'm so sorry. It was like, No, you ain't. She's Don't gonna wait it. for you in the car park, mate. Either <laughs> yeah. way, Vera's getting paid today. You believe that. <laughs> people say granny bashing they think this bashing grannies but it's not it's grannies bashing the other person yeah mate it's like bum fights mm. <laughs> but it's old people just knocking the shit out of people they disapprove of so uh, just to swap to swap uh, topics very quickly because there's something I want to go on before um, mm. we go on to anything else um, we spoke about it before but it's come up in the news this week and I oh, think it's oh, oh. worth I think it's worth addressing again. No, it's not Afghanistan and stuff because that's ugh, boring. We've done that, and we're not going to. Yeah, not being fu- Yeah, fucking just uh, Afghanistan's going to be in the news again too, because we're going to go back. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, we all know. That, yeah, that child is ours, mate. Do you know what I mean? That is our baby. Whether we pulled out or not, sorry, we're the daddies. We're, st- we're going to be going back there as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, it so, just is what it is. We can come to that any other week, um, <laughs> but. But the one thing I want to bring up is the whole mycophobia thing coming up again. Oh, was it in the news, was it? Was that? Was it in the news, was it? It was. It was about some Polish boy eating some fucking mushroom that he... Or or no, it was an Afghan boy. It was an Afghan refugee who went to a Polish rescue centre, went out and ate a load of death caps and died. And his brother needed a liver transplant and stuff. And people were like, oh, that's the problem. That's the problem, eating these mushrooms. These boys are starving. They're starving, and now they're just eating mushrooms just to survive, and it's killed them. Uh, they should 
eliminate the crops. They should be doing this. They should be digging up the ground where. Uh, and it, even if you even know anything about mushrooms, you know how ridiculous what, what, that. What sounds. mushrooms were they? It was def. Uh, hang on, I'll find the note. It was in. Uh, let me. Uh, sorry, guys, because we're doing this live. Afghan boy, eight. I'm going to just do it really simple. Because yeah, like, while you're searching that, here we go. Got it. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, guys. A uh, six-year-old boy, Afghan boy, evacuated from Kabul, has died in Poland eating a poisonous mushroom. Doctors have said uh, the death of... Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, second Afghan boy. <gasps> oh, this is new. This is three hours old. Oh, hang on. Oh. Oh, let me get it up. We've got it's an breaking. epidemic. Right, okay, here we go. I'll read the story, guys. This is oh, it's the first time I'm reading it now. Uh, <clears throat> so, the boys arrived in Poland with their family on the 23rd of August after the Taliban takeover and we're in quarantine at a migrant facility in the town of Podkov, something near Warsaw. The child's death has been registered, blah, 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 blah. Shout out to Warsaw. Yeah, shout out to Warsaw. The six-year-old had received a liver transplant earlier this week, but his condition did not improve. The hospital said the children ate the mushrooms the day after they arrived and is in yet unexplained circumstances. The Office for Foreigners, which runs migrant centres in Poland, said a total of five people have required medical assistance for stomach problems, but they had not initially said they'd eaten mushrooms. Uh, the brothers and the 17-year-old sister were taken to hospital. Sister was discharged. Uh, for denied press report that the children eating mushrooms because they're not... Oh, here we go. Someone said they denied a press report that the child had eaten the mushrooms because they were not being fed sufficiently at the centre. Um, yeah, basically, long and short of it, two kids died because they ate these mushrooms. Um, basically, and they were death caps. Um, and people are saying, oh, it's because they didn't, they weren't given the proper training to understand what they was eating. They wasn't, uh, I'm not being funny, don't fucking eat anything. You don't know what it is. The the biggest advice is always never munch on a hunch. Uh, you know, you should know what you're fucking eating. You should, you have to identify yourself what it is. I do like a good rhyme. Yeah, munch, never munch on a hunch is good, isn't it? I like mm. that. Um, but, but why what winds me up is the pictures this is me being a fucking nerd this, they're showing you pictures of death cat mushroom and then they're saying oh they're confused with the parasol you know the, the you know the, the safe to eat parasol but they don't put any picture of the parasol up they don't put any picture of the comparison a parasol looks nothing like a fucking death cat if, if you actually knew even the slightest thing about um, basic mycology and stuff and it's I think it's, it's just that is in the news now Two day, well, one day ago, on the 2nd of September, and we're talking about... This is main news. This is literally coming up on my news feed. I found it on my news feed. And it's coming up on The Guardian. It's coming up on other news sources. Is it... Sorry, no disrespect to the people who died, but is it actually newsworthy with the amount of shit going on at the moment? <sighs> it's, well, it, it brings a... I think it highlights how uneducated... Some mm. people are, sure, but this is an extreme circumstance. I mean, you've got someone who's fleeing somewhere like Afghanistan and then appearing in Poland. That's quite a contrast in environments for a yep. start. So where does the... Um, and yet, you know, he saw this mushroom. He didn't know what it was. I mean, mate, they did this. Studies have shown that something like 99% of, like, Afghanistan and those surrounding areas don't even know 9-11 happened. Yeah. They're just that disconnected from the world. So when they see this fruiting body, yeah, they see it, they eat it, but who's 
where does the, the weight of that responsibility lie? What, 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 are we supposed to tell them fucking everything when they turn up? Oh, by the way, all right, we, today's your guide to don't fucking eat this that you find somewhere random out in the field. Here's what you can... They've got... And they're sitting there saying, oh, they should learn the language, and maybe there's an argument to that, but does that come before or after the fucking mushroom identifying lecture? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then after that, what is it? Right, here's here's a list of stuff that you shouldn't drink. Yeah, bleach. <laughs> yeah, things you find under the sink, basically. Here's a list of them. Here's a list of stuff you can drink. Think, there's only so much you can educate these people. And, yeah, they ate a bunch of death caps. People can sit there and say, oh, well, yeah, the name the mushroom is a, sort of a clue. But I wouldn't know what a death cap was if I saw one. I'm not read up on it. So, so it just talks down to, basically, I think... It was two Afghan kids. It make it's, Afghanistan's relevant, so they're like, let's make this. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. Oh, two Afghani kids have died from this already. See the, the body count for the Afghanistan thing at the moment. Two, it's skyrocketing, yeah. and it's like, yeah. but they ate a couple of mushrooms. And like you, like you said, it's terrible for the families. But if those kids were just another couple of Polish kids, we wouldn't know about this. No. And, and that's, that's what I mean. Ident- it's identity politics and clickbait. Yeah, it plays to their narrative in this situation uh, yeah. for, as as it's present. And I just uh, it winds me up because as me and you, you know, we we like identifying mushrooms. We like talking about mushrooms. We love mushrooms on this show. God, we talk about it nearly every episode. Um, but it, it just like why is that relevant? That you know, and and like you say, it is in in a way you kind of think yes, why didn't they talk about that it's the uneducated you know people are just coming over and just eating anything why are they eating it why is it this but it's kind of just to boost excuse me it's just to boost numbers and it's, and it's that whole thing trying to um, constantly trying to make a boogeyman yep you know it's like these two kids died because they ate these mushrooms and you know fair enough that is, that is horrible and I wouldn't wish it on anybody especially in some kids Oh, but sure. that, this kid had just had, you know, a liver transplant. Did he have the liver transplant before or after he had the mushrooms? One, he couldn't have the liver transplant because basically one brother, one brother died um, because of brain damage because of this mushroom. The other brother was about to, uh, the other brother had a liver transplant, but complications killed him off basically. Okay, but but even then, how do you control that from happening? And they're, they're saying, oh yeah, they weren't like taught properly on arrival and told this or that or the other. It's like, why are we pointing blame anywhere? Yeah. Sometimes as much as they suck, these things happen. Yeah. I mean, dog shit can make you blind. If a kid gets dog shit in their eye, you know, if someone, that could be, yeah. If you could slip on dog shit and fucking crack your head open and die on the fucking pathway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. at least there we can say, well, the responsibility lies in dog owners. So yeah, they should, well, you know, we'll find people for it. Okay, now that now people don't slip over and crack their head open anymore because people what get fox poo. What fox poo yeah, people get <laughs> fined left, right, and centre. But that's an easy fix. What do we do now? Fine people for growing mushrooms that people can't identify. Well, it's the same as like if someone slips on dog shit, uh, fox shit, or cow shit. Yeah. You know, if you can't identify the owners of the animal, does that you know what? what do that's you do? where the that's, that's where the phobia comes from, and I think that's where a lot of this microphobia comes from because there's not epi- sorry there's not articles 
explaining be- any benefits. You have to literally, if you want a good um, article on the benefits of mushrooms, you have to actually search for it. Very mm. rarely, I'd say never, have I scrolled through and it says, ah, oh, major breakthrough with this, major breakthrough with that. It's not. It's fucking just, and, and the worst thing is, stories. worst thing is, this new two deaths because of the death caps are going to be the thing when you search, are oh, mushrooms dangerous? That's going to come up now for years to come. For fucking yeah. years now. I mean, that's at least another nine, ten years we've got all this uh, of people typing in and people seeing that straight away. Yeah, these boys just innocently picked what they thought was a field mushroom and it killed them. Oh, you've got to be so careful. Don't touch them. Don't look at them. Don't even look at yeah, them. I was talking about this sort of thing, funnily enough, last night with somebody about like um, microphobia and she was talking about like how it's like she's doing very well at the moment like this year alone she's eaten six different types of wild mushroom yeah yeah for the, for the first time which is very brave you know and but even she was like you know it's it's hard for me to do because it's just so ingrained in my brain that mushrooms are scary and dangerous and even though we know different and I was saying to her like you know it's like it was the same with me growing up as a kid. Touch the mushroom, quick, wash your hands. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know. And I said, even now, even though I know that it's nonsense, I wouldn't eat a mushroom I found myself. Like mum and my stepdad, they go foraging. They go picking mushrooms. They pick cut mushrooms out of our garden and eat them. If mum picked something, because I know she knows what she's looking for, she's been doing this for years and, you know, Ian's a pagan, like witch, so he's been he's known to healing properties of mushrooms for like good like 30 40 years Mm. so they know what they're looking for and they know what they're talking about so if they go and pick mushrooms and bring them back and they say oh these are safe to eat i know as their child they wouldn't give me anything dangerous so i can eat it and be safe and i always enjoy it but that ingrained microphobia or or microphobia it's called it's so ingrained in there but if I look at a mushroom now, and I like even on in Northumberland, you know, my nephew wanted to pick some of the mushrooms we found, and some of them were already picked. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him pick any of the fruiting bodies, but the ones that were already like out, I said, "Oh mm. yeah, pick them up, have a look at them." But even then, I was like, "Right, now let's go wash your hands," because I thought I've got to be protective. He's my nephew, yeah. but I thought I'm, I'm not doing him any favors either. I don't want him to be scared of mushrooms, and he shouldn't be scared of mushrooms. But until he's a bit older as well, I want him to be able to. Well, I want to get to that point where we can identify them. I don't want him to pick up like yeah. a Cambacus Muscaria and be like, oh, this is good. And then suddenly he's got the shits for a week. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want him to go through that. So I, I get. We need to. We shouldn't be teaching horror stories about them. We should be teaching them. Just be precaution. Yeah, be precautious. Yeah. Just use use common sense. Use like, using, like using scissors. Kids yeah. can have scissors. We just be fucking. Don't run with them. Don't be fucking silly with them. Because look, they do. They, they just cut paper and card. But yeah. you could easily stab this into someone's eye socket. Yeah, with an amicus mascara thing in the jigger. Amicus mascara. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with that with that motherfucker. You can you could be really easy with it. You could be like, look, don't touch it because it will give you the shits. And thankfully, there's no other edible version of a mushroom that looks even remotely like that. No, that's it. So it's like, right, you see that one? It's big, it's red, it's covered in white dots. Don't touch it. 
If you see a yellow one and a, or an orange one, take a picture because they're rare as fuck. <laughs> and put it up on Instagram, but leave it at that. Yeah. You know? But in other ones, you'll see like maybe like um, chicken of the woods. You can see that and be like, right, I know this is edible. It tastes like chicken. It has the same texture as chicken. But at the same time, I should check. Yeah. And you look it up and then you, you might look at it. And I don't know if this is a case for chicken of the woods. I'm just pulling this out of my ass. But it could be a stage of its growth where it's poisonous. I don't know if that's true. But, you know, for example. Uh, it's unpa- un- unpalatable. Uh, yeah. Well, it could be yeah. like really, yeah, be really bad or something. Mm. And then, then they look at it and go, oh, it's actually going through that stage right now. Now I know to leave it alone. Mm. And then later on, because if they have it, they go, oh, this is fucking horrible. They may not ever have it again. And then yeah. they'd miss out on one of the great miracles that is mushrooms. And with anything like that. So, yeah, you just, just, just got to be careful with it. And it, it, that, that responsibility, unfortunately, falls on yourself. Yeah. I think, yeah. and if you want to, go, and I'm not having a go at the Afghan kids because they come from a whole different environment, and yeah. you know, and if they were starving to the point where maybe there is something wrong with the system, I don't know. This is why people who are much more intelligent than me are in charge of it. You know, it may not be the best system, but if it's the if it's the best we've got right now, then you know, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say that could fix it. I'm not informed enough, but. For your average Joe, like you, me, or anyone else who grow up in these places where there are mushrooms nearby, if you don't know if it's poisonous and you go ahead and eat it anyway and then you get ill, that's no one else's fault but your own. Hmm. You know, I, I, I don't go around looking like, oh, look, oh, there's a half-eaten Mars bar left on the side of the road there. Well, you know, I'll eat it and then get... And then when I get ill, I'm not going to fucking sue Mars, am I? But oh, I ate one of your fucking half-eaten Mars bars I found on the fucking floor, and now I'm ill. They'll be like, don't eat fucking stuff you find on the floor, you cunt. Yeah. And it's the same with mushrooms. Treat it <laughs> as the same thing. Look yeah. at it and think, is it in my best interest to touch, lick, and or eat this? Then get your supercomputer out that's in your pocket, have a little look. And if you can't if you can't find the answer, don't go. Oh fuck it, we'll just find out. Leave it. Yeah. Don't take. Don't, take, just, don't take the risk. And but you can you just know, enjoy them as well. Yeah, just looking at them, they're so fucking pretty. They are though. You know, they really are. Like when you when you see them in real life, well, especially when you get into it, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go and look for these. When you actually find them, you're like, fuck, wow, and you want to touch them, and you know you can touch them without dying, and you want to look at them. Uh, you know, it's. It, uh, the the thing is, this is the same thing. The, the the microphobia comes from, in my experience, when in my back garden there was filled mushrooms or whatever you want to call they are just called filled mushrooms. Um, yeah, some in my they look, last week. Yeah, they look like normal mushrooms. Yeah, mum and Ian uh, breakfast. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely harmless. And I remember once that my cousin Oliver um, ate one or picked one. Or something like that, and there was a fucking uproar. I mean, you would have thought he was literally eating a shit straight out of a dog's arsehole. The way it was a pure a hot cold panic. In a fucking barbecue. Yeah, 
it was absolute terror on everyone's faces. Ah, oh my God, oh my... And it was crazy. And that was my first kind of like, oh my God. And I didn't eat mushrooms for fucking 20-odd years because I was terrified that every mushroom was making you ill. Every mm. single mushroom could kill you. And, it's, uh, and you know, and I don't, I'm not afraid to admit it. You know, my, my cousin Ben has been a forager like your mum and Ian for years. Well, he's, he's been doing, he lives completely off grid. He gets all his food and grows it all himself. He's an excellent forager. And, you know, I used to look at him and think, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to kill yourself one day. And now that I've done a tiny bit of research, don't for one minute think that me and Aaron are experts. You know, you've done a tiny bit of research. You think, oh, actually, that's fine. It's actually okay, guys. You're probably not going to drop down dead. You know. Yeah, and and naming mushrooms things like death caps as well that can't be helpful no it doesn't because that just makes them sound scary doesn't it like yeah. Amanita muscaria Amanita muscaria is called the fly agaric yeah. because the you know it scares flies away if you you know it'll, it'll make flies not go near it uh, so it's good to have around campfires and stuff like that um, <clears throat> but the problem with Amanita muscaria is if you eat the skin of it it will make you have depth perception issues and it'll make you think you're either bigger than your surroundings or smaller hence why super mario the mushroom in it is red and white and he gets bigger and smaller by eating it and with old um, alice in wonderland as well that's it yep exactly the same mm. yeah so yeah so one, one, one show pill I... makes you larger and the other one makes you small all that lot jefferson airplane it's all that <laughs> that's the puppy <laughs> One uh, one shout out I am going to do. And this is completely non-affiliated. If any of our UK brethren, anyone listening, wants to give some fucking funky mushrooms a go, just go to marksmushrooms.com. Literally, marks as the name M A R K S mushrooms.com. Uh, they're basically farmed mushrooms and a few wild selections as well. And there's some fucking cool stuff on there. I mean, I showed Aaron the other day because I found them. Um, they got like a four to five day shelf life once you once you've received them, as well. So they do last for, for a while, and they're like proper either wild or they're actually grown within their growing mushroom grow shop. Um, and, and the prices are not ridiculous. I mean, uh, so a mega box is going to cost you thirteen quid, and that's a kilo, a kilo of three or four different types of mushrooms. So if you're a bit scared of like, oh, I'm not sure if I can pick them, I'm not sure, you know, what, what I can eat, just give it a go. You know, pay pay someone else to do that legwork for you so you can give them a try. Mm. If you're the culinary type, if you want to give it a go and actually try yeah, it. Yeah, one, one of my favourite things that we did here once was a mum made a beef stroganoff. Oh, yeah. Some years back. But instead of just putting, instead of in there like, oh, yeah, just putting um a load of uh, like portobello mushrooms or something, but don't tell Paul Stanitz. And um, and we were like, oh, okay, we could do that. And Mum was like, oh, but that's not like traditional beef stroganoff, you know? They made it out in the woods and shit. And she was like, let me look online. And it said, oh yeah, like wild dried mushrooms or something. And she was like, we've got a farm shop at the top of the road. We'll fucking look in there. And she mm. bought a pack of assorted gourmet dried wild mushrooms. And mate, I tell you what, fucking we. When you open it up, you smell it. It just smells like tree bark. It's like it's really yeah. nice, sort of like natural smell to you. Oh, that's a bit of something. 
But when you put it in that stew and the flavours come in, it just adds all this sort of like, there's like a cedar wood there. There's like a bit of grass maybe, or I don't know. It's just all these really natural earthy flavours just come to life in this stew. But the texture of these like mushrooms when they've been dried out, it's like you're biting into another piece of beef. So it makes your stew feel like it's even meatier than it actually is. Nice. And maybe it just soaks up all that moisture as well. So you just get this really thick like gravy in there. You'll just you got like fucking you put your fucking fork in it and it just stands up right. <laughs> and you just you just do that with some mashed potatoes with some fucking diced like shallots or something, mate. Bit of fucking Half a cup of red wine in with the gravy and everything like that, mate. Oh yes, and you've got to be, it's got to be shallots too, not those normal white or red onions, because the citrus in them will overpower the flavours, and you want those natural undercurrents of those flavours because otherwise you're just eating mush. You've got to do it right, and the little bit of butter goes a long way, and you can always be generous with salt. I'll tell you what, and just a crack of black pepper in there, sprig of thyme. The last half hour of it cooking slowly in the uh, slow cooker. Right, tell you what, you've got yourself a little fucking, you got yourself a little treat there, mate. You got yourself a beast off. You have, and you haven't got to break the bank making it either. Mm. Because this, this is the whole point of it, you know. Yeah. It's, this is what peasants were eating in Russia, and all that lot, you know. They had, they had to throw everything they could in. It was literally right, vegetables, meat, mushrooms. Fucking roast it, make it as nutritional and filling as possible, and we'll just fucking get by on this. And right, as a as a labour meal, like that, that workers would have, I imagine it gives you so much fucking energy to fucking mm. work. But as like like in this day and age, you have that of an evening, you sit down in front of the telly, it just sits on you just right. Like, you know when like when you have like a massive like. Christmas dinner, and you just sit on the sofa and you're like, oh, just a little twenty minute nap here while I'm sat. You get <laughs> you get that sort of feeling, that nice little Christmas nap feeling. Because I remember as a kid, I used to look at the older people and be like, why are they having a nap on Christmas? This is exciting. You should you should all be awake. And now I'm older, it's like, mate, I look forward to that Christmas nap all fucking year. <laughs> Just around fucking 20 minutes for me. Yeah, you stuff your face, you, you go outside, you have a little smoky, you come in, you sit on the sofa, you just oh, get comfy, put your put your head back, close your eyes, and then by the time you woke up, the coffee's at a good temperature, you drink that oh. bad boy. Oh, yeah, and then it's on to opening up the prezzies and watching the old Christmas repeats. <laughs> that's, that's Christmas in Aaron's house. Oh, sounds good. Sounds easy. Oh, the bill at the Christmas is never easy, though, is it? That's around the corner, isn't it? Oh, fuck you. Yeah, that's going to come, isn't it? Oh, all at once. I, I just found out yesterday, one of my mate's kids, they was like, oh, yeah, they're back at school now. I was like, fuck, here comes Christmas. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The Halloween of decorations will be out, mate. And then once they're down... Suddenly there'll be mince pies on the shelves. Here we fucking go. Defcon 1. Christmas all the way, isn't it? Oh, it is, mate. And just... They just lay it on so thick now. 
I remember when we were kids, I mean, maybe it went over our heads, maybe it's always been this bad. But, mate, it, it, I'm, I'm sure when we were kids, Christmas decorations in shops and towns didn't come out till the 1st of December. Yeah, I don't remember being so early. Yeah, and it's like, even now, I was, um, I, was, I can't remember who I was speaking to, but they went downtown and they said some of these shops have already got the um, Christmas cards out. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. I went to a shop um, today and I've got Cadbury's Puds, like Cadbury's Christmas Puds chocolates on oh. shelves and that. And it's like, it's September. Yeah, like <laughs> barely September. September. Yeah, that's it. Jesus. <sighs> I'll tell you what, I do love mince pies. I'm a, I'm a oh. mince pie fiend. As soon as the mince pies are out, mate, I'm like, fucking right, Aaron's putting on another stone this Christmas. Oh, God. Mince pies are so good. Yeah. I'm, oh. I, I always find, though, every year, I'm pitting all the companies against each other on who can get the best mince pie. People call me up and they're like, oh, Asda have got some good mince pies this year. I'm like, as they fuck, you had the fucking Morrison's ones, mate. Get down there. <laughs> and then the following year, it will be like, Morrison's Mince Pies, I'll shit them. Little sons. They're deep, they're flaky, and they've got a little bit of a buttery texture to them. Every year, so far, I don't think anyone's had both years running. Oh, they, oh really? Yeah, yeah, they tend to change their game up every year. The mince Pie race, mate. You see on the news, they'll, they'll bombard you with these like really trivial fucking news stories like the war on drugs and like the fucking arms races in the Middle East. No, mate, it really goes down in the mince pie fucking race. These companies change their fucking recipe every year because Marks and Sparks, mate, I mean, they, they, you go there, you know what you're getting is good, but it's not a supermarket, is it? You get your bits at Marks and Sparks, you don't do your main shop there. No, no, no. You're, no. I mean, what, you know, you're not a cunt. But, you know, <laughs> when you go in for like, you're, you, you, if you have your average person, even like your middle class person doesn't do their fucking weekly, like, big shop at Marks and Sparks, why would they? No one's got fucking time for that. Crumbs, no. No, you've got your. Waitrose is sort of coming into the game a bit, I've noticed. Before. It would have been a Marks and Sparks situation, but they're sort of a... They're creeping their way in on the main game because you've got your Tesco's, your Sainsbury's, your Asda's, your Morrison's, your Aldi, uh, your Lidl. You know, these, these are our big players. You know what I mean? So these are the ones. They, they're the ones that really do go at each other in the mince pie race. These ones, they shuffle in and out of first place all over the place. Iceland, they're in it, and I'll tell you what, I'd say Iceland probably have the lead in being in the number one the most times, but it's never twice in a row. Mm. But Iceland, yeah. they've, they've got a strong mince pie game. Mm. I, Morrison's have got mince pies on at the moment. They've literally got them on the shelf. I saw them today. That's probably the preemptive mm. ones. They're put, they're probably leftovers from last year, repackaged. Like the, or maybe they're the same recipe as last year. Putting them out early and going, let's see how they bite. Yeah, they're oh, not selling, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. they're not selling as fast as last year. Okay, something's got to change then. What are we changing? 
then we'll change this. Because all the other companies will get in and go, oh, we'll do something better. And then just in time for Christmas, like, boom, here's our mince pies. Bang, we're getting Aaron's number one spot. But I think last year, I think I think Lidl's took my number one spot last year, you know? Yeah, I had some little ones, actually. Mm, they they did really well. Like, they they were actually them. better than Marks and Sparks as well. Mm. We found the Marks and Sparks ones last year. They were... I'm a, I'm a huge pastry fan, but when you want something bite-sized, you don't want a mouthful of pastry. And the pastry no. was just too thick to the point where the, the filling to pastry ratio was off. And again, you don't... I had one... I had, a, I had an apple pie the other day, right, from, I believe that was also from Lidl's. Now, excellent amount of filling. You got a mouthful of apple sauce, for, mm. for sure. But because the pastry was too thin and that ratio was off, Mike, this thing fell apart before you could get it even out of the tinfoil wrap. And that's not what you want. You don't want it... Suddenly, when you're trying to get at the top and you're doing like that claw thing, you're like, you know, like the claw machine. Yeah, yeah. You grab the prize, if you're doing that, and suddenly, oh, God, it's gone in, it's collapsed, and I've got sugar and pastry and apple sauce on my fingers. It's just like, oh, it crumbs all down myself. It's not a good time. I'm not enjoying my apple pie. And this was the problem I was having last year with one of the other um, mince pie. I believe. With that one, with the, the where it was too thin, I believe last year that probably that might have been Iceland. Funny enough, yeah, I think it was the Iceland deep field ones. Which the year before that were the winner. I remember because they bought out those ones, and they've always had like the deep field ones that they do. But these mm-hmm. ones, for some reason, just seemed a bit meatier. It's like they upped both the pastry and the filling, and they added that extra height to it too, so you were really getting like, so you could put like two of these in a bowl with like a big dollop of cream, and it would have been a substantial pudding. <laughs> but for some reason, the following year, it weren't quite the same, and Lidl was like, no, wipe the floor of you on that one, son. And, uh, yeah. And wipe the floor they did. It did, and this year it looks like Morrison's, who are putting their—was it Morrison's? You said had some. Yeah, out Morrison's got them out now. They might take the lead this year then, because they're they're preemptive in it. They mm. they've got it out in September. They get they're putting out the, the red herring. The others are going to put theirs out, thinking, oh, we put the best one up. Because if, if that's all Morrison's are putting out, then no, they're going to come. Ah, uh, then Morrison's come the out game. the deluxe version. Yeah. Boom. You wait two two weeks, maybe one week in before Christmas. Morrison's are going to put out some shit hot fucking mince pies, mm. and Brit- and houses all over Britain are going to have Morrison's mince pies on their tables. Oh. Guarantee you right now. Well, I'm going to now. I'm going to at least give them a go. Oh, absolutely. And if it, and if and if they're terrible, we will fucking let them know, and we won't let them. And we won't let them forget ever, ever. I certainly fucking won't. <laughs> We'll get him on the show. Let's have a will. Oh, it's Jim Morrison. Probably his name. Sounds good. Yeah. We'll make him defend himself. I'll tell you who does make exceedingly good cakes, though. Oh, Mr. Kipling. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to say Mr. Kipling, but yeah. Oh, oh who's you going to say? I was going to say McVitie's. Mm. Mm. But we'll go with Mr. Kipling. 
He does make good stuff. Tell you what, if you were to go with Mr. Kipling, like any classic, because he's got some classics mm. as Mr. Kipling, yeah. what what do you go for as your go-to sort of, if I had to have like one of these boxes every morning on my desk when I go to work to enjoy between meetings, what do you go for? Mr. Kipling Angel Slices. Oh, you yeah. slut. You went <laughs> yeah. straight for the Angel Slices. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, for me, yeah. it would be his um, uh, lemon French fancies. Mm. Yeah. I yes. love a French fancy. And you know, Aaron, mate, I'm a fiend for lemon. Mm. It's got lemon in it. I'm a happy man. But I do like those angel slices, like the, the fingers. That's it, yeah. And what is the one? It's really, again, it's like the fingers. But instead of being soft all the way through, like in the middle, it's got like a hard bit. A crunchy bit, and it's sort of like they like, like they're like finger sandwiches almost. They've got like the cream in them, a bit of biscuit, a bit of cake, like oh, a hard kidding, are they? yeah. They've got like a hard chocolate like lid. They're kind of they're kind of like biscuit versions of chocolate eclairs almost. Really. But like the top of it is like they're like rectangle shaped. Mm-hmm. We'll say the top's got like white chocolate on it, and it's got like brown chocolate swirled on top. Then that'll be on top of like a bed of cream. That'll be on top of a bed of like biscuit or something. Then underneath that, it'll be like a bit of sponge cake, and then it'll be like a chocolate base. I have no idea what you're on about. I have oh, never seen might, it. There might even be a bit of wafer in there somewhere too. But might they are. Absolutely mental. Like maybe like Viennese fingers or something. Oh man, I can't remember the the life that they're called. I've not had them in fucking years. I'm talking like maybe twenty years. But mate, these things are fucking dangerous, boy. <laughs> like some of them might have a little layer of jam in them and all, but oh, 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 oh. they're one of those ones where like you eat one and you're like a second one loner, and they're so rich that you're like, if I eat any more of these, I'm gonna be sick everywhere, and your body's just like, that's just a risk we're gonna have to fucking take, isn't it? I've got to find out what these fucking things. Yeah, are. I've got Viennese, I've got Viennese whirls come up, but not chocolate. Nothing to do with chocolate on them. Um, yeah, no, I've, I'm looking up these ones myself. Viennese, they're like the biscuits, and you've got Viennese fingers. They've got like the biscuit and the cream, and the, they're not the ones I'm thinking of. Damn. The ones I'm thinking of are more like these sort of rectangular sandwiches with like, like an icing on top. They're sort of like the same shape as like um, shortbread fingers. So they are very sort of rectangular. But do you know what I do like? Yeah, Just a bog standard fruit cake. You know, like oh, proper bo- a cheap, yes, a cheap mate. shit one, like twenty odd p, and one you can cut a slab off and dip into your coffee or tea if you're that way inclined. And you just, you know, just just as you know, yeah. what I like doing with my fruit cake. Go on. I like getting a slice of cheese and putting it on it. No. Yes, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you, mate. You get you get a slice of cheddar. You get your, your, your triangle wedge of fruit cake. You lay it on the side. You bite into that, particularly with something like a uh, a Christmas cake as well. You do it with that. No. Yes, sir. 
What, turning that's that Christmas cake with icing and all that shit? Yep. Then when you cut your serving out, put it on your plate, you lay it on its side, you're not a fucking monster. And then, you know, then you slice off a bit of cheese, bit of your, just a bit of your fucking cathedral cheddar, if that's what's in your fridge. Bit of your fucking, bit of that, mate. Just a bit of mature cheddar, lay that on the side of your cake, pick that up, bite into it, yummy, yum, yum. That's all I've got to say about it, mate. It's fucking wicked. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that, dude. It's a, uh, it's a bit of a uh, delicacy up north. <laughs> fucking can stay up north then. Tell you what else is a delicacy from up north, mate. Oh my fucking days. Have you ever had a black pudding scotch egg? No. Mate. Fucking. I. No, I had one a few years back and it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. But at my sister's wedding, they started doing these, um, the chavvies come out with like the plates in their hands and they're like, ooh, order. And it's like, <laughs> just call them fucking. Hello. They are what they are. They're canaps. All right. Just hand them out. <laughs> so we've got, yeah, fucking sort this out. So, and they had these little wedges of, uh, black pudding, um, scotch eggs, which of course for those outside a scotch egg, is literally a hard-boiled egg wrapped in sausage meat, which has then been rolled in breadcrumbs and cooked, and it's fucking awesome. But instead of sausage meat, they use black pudding, which, yes, is fat and blood stuffed into a sheep's stomach and left to solidify and congeal until it's one long, giant clot that you cut into and eat. And that, too, is fucking delicious. So they use that instead of sausage meat, but they only part-boiled the egg. Mm. so when you cut into it it's still a runny yolk mate I bit into that and all I could hear in my head was REO Speedwagon and for a second I'm pretty sure I believed in God because this <laughs> thing tasted like just oh mate it was just beyond my my, my taste buds packed up and left mate they didn't know what was going on they were like this is too much we is can't it? process this. It was incredible. And then afterwards, we had these ham hock croquettes, which, to you and me, is basically pulled pork that's been battered into little balls. Yeah. Oh, fucking mate. Fucking... I imagine that's what sucking off Jesus would taste like, because <laughs> this was just pure fucking... Awesomeness, and they was doing, and also they were handing out little slices. They were calling it Welsh rabbit. Right. They were, it wasn't. These were just little segments of some Liam Perrins and cheese on toast that they'd cut up into little rectangles. But fuck me, dead mate, they were good and all. It's cheese on toast, mate, with Liam Perrins on it. Of course, it's going to be. That's going to be good every day of the fucking week. And then Why they were. Why they called it Welsh rabbit? That's that fucks me up as well. It's just cheese on toast, isn't it? Well. Welsh rabbit is a Welsh dish, obviously, but it is essentially cheese on toast. But when they do it up like properly, it also has like uh, maybe carrot in there, potato. Other, it's it's quite a meal being thrown on to essentially an open sandwich. I think they have like, ration bread or something, and they were like, you know, grab a hot meal as well. And fucking, but that's how they sort of did it. That's where like cheese on toast comes from. But this, this wasn't oh, Welsh yeah. rabbit. This was just cheese on toast with a, with a splash of lean berries on it. <laughs> Yeah. Which was awesome. We loved it. It was wicked. But then they brought out these sausage rolls. 
Mm. Not a good one to end on. And I love a sausage roll, but these were just... The meat-to-pastry ratio was way off. It was dry. They'd obviously got them out of the oven first, sliced them all up, and then left them while serving everything else because any moisture that was in them was just gone. Mm. But they were extremely busy. So not to make excuses for them, but be better at your fucking jobs. But other than that, it was was wicked. (laughs) But, God, that's just thing, though, isn't it, with food? It's just, it can be hit and miss, or it can be just exactly what you needed. And I'm going to find out what these fucking biscuit things I'm talking about are. I'm, I'm going to find out. The thing is, if food is a miss, it really is a miss, though, isn't it? It's a massive miss. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's not like you go, mm, I'll give it a go. If it's really shit, you go, nope, crap, never, never again. They're literally just called cream slices. Oh, what the fuck? Let me Googleize it. Oh, for yeah. fuck's sake. I typed and nothing happened. Dum, dum, dum. Oh. Oh. Found it? Yeah. Look at them chavies. Oh. Now, I can't remember the last time I had them, but I know <laughs> the last time I did, I fucking loved them. I've got a feeling that if you had another one, it wouldn't be that good now. Oh, I bet it would. Really? Yeah. Well, mm, actually, no. Now you've said it. Because we had all the good ingredients when we were kids. Mm. Like, we didn't give a fuck what we were poisoning our children with back then. No. As long as they were full and they, they, they fell asleep on time and slept all night, <laughs> we were we were happy. You know what I mean? All this, all the diabetes later in life, they can deal with it then. Until yeah. then, they go to school in the morning, and I need this little cunt to sleep. <laughs> because mum's working two jobs, and I've got all these kids running around, bills piling up, the husband's on a ventilator in the fucking attic, and I've got fucking car bills coming through my ass. The last thing I need to worry about is, oh, is my son getting enough electrolytes? No, eat, sleep, <laughs> go to fucking school. <laughs> And now you've got them talking about fucking, oh, don't have uh, adverts that advertise junk oh, food before 9am. It's like, why? Is it the kids that do the shopping? No. Is this, are they the ones who are watching the TV and go, uh, mother, make a note of this. I want that, please. On the shopping list. Come on now. You know, clicking his fingers. No, and before I, uh, nine o'clock, what? What are they going to fucking do? What, they're going to go to school and be like, oh yeah, we didn't see advert for it, so it now no longer fucking exists. I'm going to ignore your monster yeah. drink in your hand. Wouldn't it make even more sense if they banned advertising fucking like between the hours of four and three or something? Because they're like, oh, at least now like while they're out and going shopping with their parents... They can't be exposed to junk food. Oh, no, that's why, That's where the fucking food is. That's how they get exposed to it. They go past it in the fucking shopping trolley and go, what's that? I want that. And that's how they get it. Maybe we just ban kids from supermarkets. I would absolutely be behind that. Yeah, can't go in there. Sorry, too much junk food. They steal junk food from there. 
They're not, they're, listen, there's not kids going in there going, come on, boy, let's go steal some oranges. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? This doesn't happen. They're going there, they're stealing sweets and fucking booze. And how much money are these kids spending? Fucking none. That's how much. And the ones that are spending money, where are they getting their money from? Their parents, who would have bought it anyway. Yeah. And we ban kids from supermarkets. We don't have to say anything for kids then. They just go in there, the parents go in there, well, it's good enough for us to wait, it's good enough for what fucking shit can't get to eat. I'm sorry. And I'm not against kids having sweets. You know? Mm-hmm. I think kids have to be, because they've got to eat these things. We had sweets as kids. My nephews, my nieces, they fucking love sweets, mate. And so they should. Mm, that's what they're for, what? they're for kids. But people sit there going, oh, but it's junk food. Well, sorry, love. The responsibility doesn't fall on the advertising companies or your kids. It falls no. on you. And if you want to give your kid a thousand pounds worth of fucking sweets every day and then moan that it's fat, sorry, Hubba Bubba isn't the one who's at fault there. That's fucking you. Yeah. It's like these people over, like, you hear in America sometimes, you know, they... I think it's like I think a law's been changed now just because so many people were suing McDonald's because it made them fat. Yeah. And I think they've actually changed laws there now for that. They're like, look, you can't sue McDonald's anymore. It's like you can't sue cigarette companies anymore. I know that much. Because people were like, oh, yeah. I, I smoked your product and now I'm ill. And it's like, well, yeah. What do you want? Oh, tell you what. This is where I really want to hear your opinion. Because I feel like we've covered something there that's quite important, but we're on to something a bit more important now. Should, like, vegan restaurants and cafes have meat-eating options? Now, this goes to the come-dine-me question, doesn't it? It all comes back down to come-dine-me. I think I know where you're going with it. But this is, the reason I ask is because you get all these steakhouses and... Okay, no, actually, yeah, and, and I, I, chicken, I know my... I know my yeah, yep. and chicken. I know like, position. Like, yeah, no, they like, shouldn't. No. Yeah, and rotisseries. And they always saying there should be a vegan option. Well, I'm sorry, if you want to eat vegan food, don't go to a steakhouse. And I'm all no. for them saying, oh, yeah, steakhouses, if you want to do vegan, vegan options, vegetarian options, you're one and free to, you know, that's mm-hmm. the market. But if I then go into a vegan cafe and say, I want a fucking hamburger and yeah. chips. Wrong. Yep, I say no. No, you chose to go to a vegan restaurant. Yeah. That's what I would, that's what I would say, personally. I would say, if you went to a vegan restaurant, that was your... If it's, if it's obviously labelled as vegan, all the food's vegan, then tough shit. Sorry. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I get it that... You know, big players want that vegetarian, vegan option so they keep the clientele, keep the numbers in. I get that. You know, it's basic marketing, basic business. But if we can go to the come dine with me argument, because I know that's one we can definitely talk about. Go for it. You know, one thing I don't like about the the program come dine with me for American viewers who might not know it, basically five different people go around other people's houses and eat meals that could... Uh, so each person takes a turn. Excuse me, if I, I'm going to yeah, burp. Each, each yeah. contestant takes a turn. Takes a turn hosting at their house a dinner party, don't they? Yeah, that's the one. That's yeah, the and then at the end, so there'll be like five contestants. So each one, like from Monday through Friday, each contestant will host a dinner party. 
to each of the other contestants. And on the last day, they decide who run the... They, they each vote who threw the best party, and then the winner gets a £1,000. Yeah, easy. Happy days. Yeah, um, I thought I'd help out. You sounded like you were about to have a heart attack. Yeah. It's because <laughs> I, I was like half, half burping, half choking at the same time. Like, fuck, can't do the words. <laughs> can't do the words. Don't die on the podcast. Good for ratings, but... God, oh, don't die. Fantastic. Mate, I would make so much money. God, sure you wouldn't. Mm. Yeah, so come bump with me is basically what Aaron just said. And obviously when the majority of the the majority of the country is meat meat eating, aren't they? You know, that's not a it's not yeah. a secret, not whatever. So when the meat eaters have got steak for dinner, they will do the vegan option or vegetarian option as a mushroom or something like that. Yeah. Because that's all meat eaters know that vegans eat. Or if they type into Google, you know, what can I substitute a steak for? Most would say a mushroom because it's, well, to be fair to them, bloody close to being a steak, some of them. Yeah. Uh, and I think, to be fair, um, if if a non-vegetarian is trying to accommodate for your vegetarian needs, that needs to be appreciated, to be fair, on, on that respect. Um, and many times in the Come Down With Me program, the vegetarian goes, ugh, all they think all we eat is nuts, seeds and mushrooms. I wish I could have a piece of, I don't know, fucking corn or tofu or something like this. Or fried fried and battered tofu. And it's like, hang on a fucking minute, love. This bloke doesn't even know what tofu is. He probably can't even spell it, the poor cunt. You know, mm. he's cooking steak for everyone at £20 a slice. And he's trying to supplement you. Now, that's fine. The thing that gets my tits on with um, Come Dine With Me is when the vegetarian is hosting, they will cook the meat eaters a vegetarian dish. Yes. And that, to me, is like a, okay, so you didn't do a meat eaters alternative for that. You know, it's like, I don't, you know, or it's like, or they do like... I I get that there are parallels to the argument. Yeah. In in ways that, like... She's making them a meal, and it's not like they can't eat vegetables. Mm. But on the same token, it's not that she can't eat meat. She's choosing not to. Yeah. Now, if it was genuinely a dietary thing, and it was like, or she was like allergic to it, or whatever like that, and it was like, look, I didn't serve everybody meat because if I touch it, I get a, re- a reaction. So I just don't have it in my house. <laughs> then it would be a different thing. But when it's like, oh, I turn up, I expect to eat what I choose to eat. And if they don't cook it for me, they're bad people. But then when they come to my house, I will make them eat what I eat. And if mm. they don't like it, they are bad people. So it's like, no, sorry, that's not how it works. And that's why I get annoyed when I see all these articles on TV saying, oh, McDonald's slammed for not having vegan options. It's like, okay, so should I now go to vegan restaurants and cafes and demand that I should have, there should be meat eating options? It's ridiculous because it wouldn't work, would it? You would have no. no leg to stand on. It's, it's Should ridiculous. I go to the fucking Ford garage and say, look, mate, I came here to buy a barbecue. There are no barbecues. What the fuck? Mm. Where are the barbecues? Do you know what I mean? People, they'd go, we sell fucking cars. I'd be like, I don't care. I didn't come here to buy a car. Yeah. I came here to buy a fucking barbecue. You'd go to me, you're being ridiculous. Yeah, that is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so why are you going into a steakhouse demanding that you have a vegan option? Absolutely. Yeah. McDonald's saying, oh, I should have a vegan option. All right, then. Well, I'll come down the vegan cancer us and say, I want a rack of ribs. <laughs> it's both wholly ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> oh, I'd spare, mate, sometimes. <laughs> it's the double standard. <laughs> 
all oh, the fucking from, guys. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> oh, did you, you see what I'm getting at lately, mate? Yeah, and I'm with And you. it's stuff like that that really fucking pushes my fucking buttons. <sighs> but we live to fight another day. Well, on, on that on that ranty note, <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like a good place to wrap up. Yeah. We're both angry. We both spoke about things we yeah, we're, we're both... We're lactating a bit. It happens. Well, not if you're lactose intolerant. Maybe even more so then, because your mm. body's trying to push out all the lactose. Yeah, probably. Get it, get it out of my body. Can you breastfeed if you're lactose intolerant? Breastfeed? I, I, I don't know. I assume so. It just seems yeah. like it's, it's milk in your body. Is there lactose in breast milk? I suppose there's not, is there? Ah, oh, shall we? Let's just quickly find there. Is there lactose in breast milk? This is what happens at the end of the podcast. It all goes to shit. Lactose is the main sugar in breast milk. Fuck it out. So can you breastfeed yeah, if you can. can you can you pump out booby juice if you're lactose intolerant? Feed if lact. Come on. Because oh. like, if you've got it in your in your body and your body doesn't want it in there, why would it produce it? Yeah. Um, have a look. You can pop. You don't develop oh. more iron if you've got an iron deficiency. You've got to put more iron in. Oh wow! I can't find anything. I can't find anything to say if you can breastfeed. Fucking I suppose hell, you I can. I opened up the box now, mate. I think you probably can. It just Maybe. seems weird to me that if your body can't handle lactose, yeah. how would it be able to develop it? I don't understand that. We've cracked it on the head, mate. We've blown this fucking wide open. I'm trying to Google it in a... Um, how does that... So how does it? Oh, I don't know. Can you can you produce lactose if you're lactose intolerant? Can you produce lactose? Ugh. This is a lot of big words. I'm aware. If, if you are, fuck's sake! There we go. Thank you, Google. Uh, this is where it comes up saying you're asking too many questions. Yeah, it's just cut the laptop out. It's just done. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, people with lactose intolerance do not produce enough lactase. That's the problem. The body digests lactose using a substance called lactase, Makes which sense. breaks down lactose into two sugars called glucose and galactose, which can be absorbed into the bloodstream. So they can produce it, but they oh for fuck's sake! But they I can't. No I, but it seems it seems to me that they're incapable of breaking it down. Yeah, they can't digest. They can't just, yeah. That makes sense then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm fucking glad it does to you. It's like injecting. Inject, yeah, so they can they can make so they can make it and produce it for their um kids to drink. But when it comes to them drinking it themselves, they haven't got enough lactase to break down the lactose, which means they're intolerant to lactose, which is why the dairy builds up instead of digesting probably, 
it as as a sludge because there's not enough lactase in there to break it down, and that's why they get gassy and bunged up and like just can't shit properly, and it just sits there. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, dear me. Well, well be a as, make, mystery. as long as it makes sense to someone out there, that's the main thing. That's it. I mean, there's a dietitian listening to this now going, fuck me, Aaron, you have no idea what you're talking about. But, <laughs> yeah, you stupid, stupid boy. But there we are, eh? That's right. Have we got anything interesting coming up? I know we can't talk about a lot of stuff because we uh, don't uh, we don't tease anyone anymore because uh, everything yeah. goes tits up. Uh, well, October should be a good month with some guests at least. Yeah, October's going to be got, good. We're, we're, we're hoping to get Ashes back. That's in the um. In oh the, yeah, the mix yeah. at the moment. We, we've still got to sort dates out on that. But I won't be for a while yet. But I think all of our, our previous guests are pretty good. We, we we know we could get them back whenever. Like drunk mythology girls, they'll come back to us if they need to. Yeah, that'd be nice. They're fun. And yeah. But yeah. For, for now, we've got enough guests booked. Too many. Keep people uh, without going into it, because, you know, we don't want like, to promote stuff anymore, because whenever we do, things happen. <laughs> and, then we have to, and then we have to explain it, and then it's just always <laughs> the fucking earth. So, yeah, you will find out when we have guests, when we release the episodes. But until then... Excellent. I think Until everything's then. pretty uh, good. Don't forget to check out the sponsors. What is it? Blockhead, 8000 Kicks, Black Insomnia Coffee, and Wraith Energy. Fuck me. We are, we are connected. We are mobbed up. We are fucking good. No wonder, our fucking, no wonder we've taken over half of America. Yeah, we've taken over half of the states now, people. We've got 25 states under our belt. So knock on your neighbours' doors and say, check out the kingdom, because we're coming for everybody. We're not happy till we've got them all. Yeah. It's like a Pokemon. It's like a Pokemon to us. Yeah, all those old, all those old Nazi hunters who used to go looking for Jews. <laughs> and t- until we have all of them, we will not be rest. <laughs> oh, God. Now you said that, you're going to upset people like Johnny. Johnny ain't going to listen now because you said Nazi. It's okay, I'm Jewish. I'm allowed to use that word. Oh, there we go. We're going to have to edit that out then. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, it's like when people get upset about the word fag as well. People go, oh, Aaron uses the word faggot and stuff like that. I'm not referring to fucking gay people. It's not what faggot means anymore. When I think of a faggot, I think of someone who needs to order milk with a fucking corn mold or they sing in Disturbed. It's nothing to do with people being gay. It's just one of those things. That, it's like when someone camps online when you're playing Call of Duty and they're just sniping out in the corner the whole entire time. Yeah. Faggot. That's what that is. And it's like Matt Damon got in trouble for that recently, didn't he? Because you know, it was only like a couple of months ago that he stopped using the words, so and now he's like a fucking huge homophobe or something. And it's like, he's a guy from Boston. It's just in his vocabulary. They throw it around. That doesn't mean gay people. Don't be ridiculous. Come on, guys. Grow up. We're all adults yeah. here. Yeah, stop being faggots. <laughs> you fucking gays. <laughs> <laughs> we love you all, no matter what you fuck. Absolutely. Well, people, uh, that's another one done. Uh, I don't even know. 28, I think it is now. 28. Something like that, yeah. Who knows, mate? Nah, we're, not, we're not that prepared. If anyone actually thinks we know what number this is, they're, they're, you know, they need to go sorely to another show. Sure, sorely mistaken, that's right. And, I'm, and I'm, like, I'm like trying to click to try and find out, but my internet's running so fucking slow. 
It would be. Oh shit, it's 29. Episode 29. Damn. So is that 30 in total? I don't know anymore because stupid bollocks here decided to have episode 0 and then two episodes for episode 10. But it was episode 9. (laughs) Fuck knows how many we've done. There's a lot of bullshit. There's a lot of bullshit going on in the world. And and it's nice to know that we're contributing to some of it. And happily. Happily contributing. And, mm. and there's a growing audience still listening to it. So, yes. And as always, out, out to Albania, Estonia, the Netherlands. Oh, you know, oh mate, it's all over. And all the Puerto Rico. Yeah, but Colombia. Colombia. Oh yes, good old Colombia. Yeah. Shout out to them. Who else did we get this this last few? Uh, France. Oh, Our yeah, French. France yeah. as well. Our Albania. French neighbours. God. Buying yeah. yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, Getting out there. We're taking yeah. over. Yeah, well, on that note, guys, there's not really much to say before we just ramble on to the same old shit, but, you know, as always, till next time. Doses. Laters.